Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're looking at a little bit of a smaller slate here in the NBA on Tuesday than all of the games that we had on Monday. But does mean we do have a number of back-to-backs here with a bunch of teams having played on that big slate last night. So we're going to get into best bets here for you guys. We're also going to get player props up for you uh, in another video. So make sure that you are subscribed to that page. Continue to follow along with us all season. Also head to thelines.com. Use all of the great content we're putting up on the site right now and that odds finder tool to make sure that you're getting the best odds and juice available to you from all of these books giving us bets this season. I do want to say we had a good night last night. I believe Nate uh, overall went six and three on the night on the best bets there, three and two as we had a couple of different options for you uh, on the best bets video. But we'll continue to truck along up roughly about 16 or so units on the season. So feeling pretty good as we are still up big money. Let's get into your first best bet here, Nate. Yeah, I took the Mavs last night, but now I will fade them uh, as they are on a back-to-back at home against the Lakers. Um, Lakers coming off, of course, the in-season tournament win. Probably going to be able to build some momentum off that, but more importantly, I mean, they're on two full days of rest. They are a veteran team that that needs the rest, and the Mavs are banged up on top of the fact that they're on a back-to-back here. I mean, no Grant Williams, probably. Still no Josh Green, Maxi Kleba. THJ had to miss last night with back spasms. They said no timetable for Kyrie, so I'm assuming he's not going to be good to go. And while I was willing to take like the Luka show against Memphis, I don't think he can replicate that against a deeper, more athletic team. And I mean, Luka in his last two against the Lakers, 28 points per game, but on a 106 offensive rating, poor, poor splits. The Mavs are a team you can count on, um, you know, not really winning against good teams. They, they, like I said, they handled bad teams. Yes, last night. That's why we trusted them. But since the start of last season, eight and twenty-five straight up as dogs, one and six as home dogs, and five and twelve straight up on back-to-backs. You look at their recent back-to-backs this season. Yeah, they got some wins against Orlando, Washington, but their last two <clears throat> gave up big points: one twenty-nine to sack in a loss, one twenty-six to OKC in a loss. They now have a one eighteen defensive rating on these back-to-backs, and it was one twenty last season. The Lakers, I mean, lost seven of their last eight against Dallas. If if that is, a, you know, something that concerns you, I would say rather it's probably a, a source of motivation for LeBron and company as they, again, come into a good spot rest-wise. Um, the, their last loss early this season, they actually won the fourth quarter decisively, 30-13, to 13, and it was a 104-101 gross loss there last month. I mean, Kyrie, 28 points on 50% field goal shooting. Mavs absolutely needed that. Grant Williams played 32 minutes, helped hold AD down. AD coming off a monster performance, you know, and against the Pacers. And, you know, if there's no Grant Williams, then you're not going to be able to throw good bodies at both AD and LeBron in this matchup. The Mavs just don't, and even Derek Lively is is not really a good matchup for AD. <clears throat> so, so early in his career, if this is a close game, <clears throat> Lakers are the number one defensive team in the clutch, 93 rating. They have a 97 0.8 rating here. I mean, coming off their last few mostly in-season tournament games. And the Mavs have been good in the clutch as well, fifth in net. But you look at their last four, they're down to negative 17 in their last four. That's 23rd. They also have a poor rebounding rate in the clutch. Lakers are very good in that department. And Kyrie individually is plus 32 in the clutch. So not having him puts it all on Luka. I think the Lakers are a veteran team that can load up on him and, and make other guys beat them. Uh, and I don't think the Mavs have enough bodies right now to to get through this on a back-to-back. 
Yeah, we're in the same boat. I, I started to like the the Lakers more and more as I looked at it. The fear is any kind of letdown for them after winning the in-season tournament, which will have its own banner now in their rafters as they'll continue to add their next title to it on the same banner, uh, just so you guys know how that'll work if you care. But I, I do think that that would be the only concern, except for, like you said, this is just going to be another team on a back-to-back for the Mavs. you got a rest advantage for a team that can always use it. You've got a bit more health going for the Lakers, at least compared to the uh, to the Mavs right now, right? Like it, the only guys really out are the one is Gabe Vincent, who's been out, um, and then Vanderbilt is the only is the, of the three dudes that are uh, questionable, right? Like LeBron, AD, and Jared Vanderbilt. The one that you actually could see not playing maybe is Jared Vanderbilt, who actually came off a legitimate injury roughly a week and a half ago. So like that's the only guy that you might consider. But I think we talked about it before the show. AD and LeBron, you count on both of them being in there uh, for, for a good portion of the game. And this, yeah, it's 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 not the same con- uh, kind of situation that the Lakers have found themselves in against the Mavs. And all of these, like last, like you said, eight, seven of the last eight, uh, it's, a, it's a bit different with Luka with almost no weapons at his disposal moving forward. So um, I'm going to just make my next bet a real simple uh, parlay here because I believe I'm still getting close to plus money. Um, no, I'm, I'm actually still down, but I'm, I'm going to keep it at, at so here's the thing. I'm going to take the the Cavs, the the um, Celtics par, uh, money line, and I'm going to parlay that with the Lakers money line, and I'm also going to add the Nuggets money line to Nate's possible dismay. But I want to get it up to plus 182. And if you want to just keep it at the um, at, at the other at a two a two legger here with just the sort of historic Lakers and Celtics parlay with those two teams as just a two legger, uh, I'm I'm okay with that. It's minus 174. I would feel really bad about myself just handing that out. You can you can see the conundrum I'm in with all of these teams in a back to back, and and the Nuggets haven't looked as good as they you know as we might have wanted them to, but they definitely figured something out by the by the third quarter last night against the Hawks. Obviously, Trey Young getting uh, knocked out of that game for his sec- technical helped them, but they were already up when he left, and he was frustrated because they were losing, and so that's a big part of it all. Uh, there was something there, right, in terms of the way that they started ding up. Uh, what they were ready for with the Trey Young style of basketball. Now they come in with a team that doesn't really have a style of basketball. It relies on guys like DeMar DeRozan to go clean off to keep them in that game like they they were last night against the Bucks. And the Bucs and, and, and Bulls say what you want. Like the Bulls love playing the Bucs. Um, that's been a, a team that they've had a lot of success against compared to like relative to how good they are versus how good the Bucs have been. This is not that situation. Um, and it will see them, this old tired team on a back-to-back after DeMar just went, like I said, clean off to like have to really get his usage all the way above 30%. I know you'll talk about that a little bit in player props. And so a fade of DeMar is really a solid fade of the Bulls with the way that the the Nuggets seemed to figure things out last night. Shout out Strother, by the way. Julian Strother uh, went clean off as well. And he's been really hot when, when called upon. So their bench has definitely come to play and is definitely better than this Bulls bench, which might be seeing a lot of guys from the bench into the starting lineup in this one if if we see some guys out for Chicago. But either way, that one's that. I'll leave the Lakers one alone because I, I second everything Nate just said. And as far as the Celtics and Cavs go, Cavs on a back-to-back has not been good. Interestingly, the Cavs had, have had success against this Celtics team over the like last four games, winning three of them. None of them were them on a back-to-back with the Celtics with so much rest and and like a lot of rest now and, and coming off a, a nice win against the Knicks, who they've now owned a couple times in a row. Uh, obviously, the splits for Boston are incredible. There's some like massive blowouts for them that they've had at home that have really skewed their numbers a little bit, but it's still very impressive to say that they're averaging, averaging 124 at home uh, and winning those games by an average of 17 points. The Cavs, on a back-to-back so far this season, they're 2-2. Two and two. 
uh, against the, uh, straight up rather. They're one and three against the spread, and they're losing by an average of nine points uh, in those games, only scoring two hundred and four. Excuse me, one hundred and four uh, per game in those back to backs, averaging a really slow pace as you would expect from that team. But yeah, they they used up a lot last night too, uh, to, and still lost to that Magic team who really pummeled them. Jalen Suggs came in. Hopefully, you saw on Twitter I was saying uh, temper those Donovan Mitchell bets with Jalen Suggs being a late addition to the game when we thought he was a likely scratch. So now, you know, with, with that level of, uh, of of intensity that they played with last night coming into the Celtics building, I don't like it for them. Yeah, I mean, you got to like the Celtics at home with extra rest with Porzingis back. They've just been a well-oiled machine. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not too totally scared of the Nuggets. I just think when you throw in the three legs there, I'm like, who's most likely to mess this up? To me, is it is the Nuggets. And it's more because the Bulls are not a team that you can read as easily as like the Mavericks per se, it's like they're just not gonna they're not gonna win against when they're underdogs or in this situation. And the Mavs are so banged up, but the Bulls have been better without Zach Levine. Like they have more defined roles. They're playing harder. They have found a bit of an identity. Uh, I I still think it's fine with the Nuggets. I've just like I haven't seen that championship form from them yet. That makes me say like, yep, they 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 they're good on a back to back on the road non-conference like they're gonna they're gonna bring it every night um i think there's still a little bit of a hangover from them which is the only reason i think it's safer to just go celtics lakers i'm gonna i'm gonna stay with the angle i've used on friday with the celtics though is that when they're home they score a ton and it elevates the opposition their their defense has not been that great lately in fact they've been one of the worst three-point defenses in the league in their last uh five or so games here so with the Cavs on a back-to-back, um, I, I still trust them to score enough. And I think both teams over 106 is is even money. I would go 10, 107, 108 if you want to ladder up or, or just take get a little bit of better juice maybe with smaller units. Um, the Cavs have scored 109 in eight straight roadies prior to their dud in Orlando last night. And we know Orlando is an incredible defensive team, um, incredible effort. Celtics are also a good defensive team, but not necessarily as, as vital when they're scoring 124 at home. Like Josh said, uh, Cavs also shot nine for 40 from three in that game. And like I said, the Celtics have struggled to guard the three point line lately. They've struggled to deal with Donnie Mitchell, who had 44 his last trip to Boston, who's averaging 37 and a half in four games against Boston since he joined Cleveland. Um, now, I mean, the last four matchups, there've been four overtimes total, including a double overtime game. So that affects the, these totals, but both teams have gone 113 plus. There have not been a lot of points in overtime, not been a lot, a lot of pace either in that game. And neither team has had very good shooting splits. I think this year, both teams are more efficient offensively, much better shooting with Max Struess joining the Cavs, uh, with Porzingis in there. The Celtics are hitting 18 threes at 41% at home. And not depending on free throws, which is good against the Cavs team that actually allows fewer free throws in losses, but they allow 118 points per game in losses. So we're just going to kind of probably see this type of game state. <clears throat> Last thing I'll, I'll say is like the Cavs only score 102 on back-to-backs, but I looked at what those situations were. Those are against the Knicks, Heat, Raptors, the three grossest Eastern Conference matchups you can imagine in terms of going over. They're one back-to-back against Indiana, got to 238. Uh, and again, that was not with a lot of pace, but it was with Indy having a great assist-to-turnover ratio and hitting a ton of threes, which Boston 
can do as well. Uh, obviously, you're not worried about Boston getting to 108 or whatever, but I think the Cavs can join them. Yeah, this is strictly a bet of if you think the Cavs are coming along for the ride. And I'm not even uncomfortable with like a minus nine and a half bet for the Celtics, to be honest. And maybe I should be because of the recent history and the way that they they do match up. Obviously, if they can if they can get out on threes because they feel comfortable letting guys drive once they get in down low into the you know the duo that is Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. But we still don't know if Evan Mobley is going to play in this one, as we know he missed last night's game. Um, so we'll have to see what the deal is with him there. So either way, like, yeah, if he's not there, I still think the Celtics, we're not worried about, like you said, it's just whether or not the the Cavs are going to come along for the ride. If game state is there, great. Um, Just hope it doesn't turn into this, like, nasty, really big blowout for you for this bet to hit. But I'm going to go into a game here to finish out the best bets, Nate, with Sack and the Clippers, which is always a fun matchup to talk about. But I'm... I'm I'm be- I'm between two bets, and I think I'm just going to split the unit uh, on the under two thirty four and a half and sack minus two and a half. Uh, I, I I start to like sack two, minus two and a half a, a lot more as I look at more deeply and and the clip um the, the the Clippers here on the second leg of a back to back after a, a long game with a lot of points against the Blazers where they gave up one twenty seven to the Blazers in true Clippers form where you're just like oh you don't care uh, I got it you just you're making it very clear you don't care. And this has happened before where like they played a game that they didn't care. They lost to the Denver Nuggets uh, with nobody playing because Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan turned back the clock on them. And then they played the next night in a game that they lost that they were probably trying. I assume that they wanted to win that game. It seemed like they were just sort of like leaving everybody out because they wanted to beat the Lakers and then they didn't. Uh, and so now we, we I think they're in a similar situation where it's like they, they bit off more than they can chew. They thought like, oh, we'll just let the, the Blazers we won't try against the Blazers. Then we end up needing to try and we have to play guys a lot more minutes. And then we end up, you know, in this situation versus a Kings team that's coming in. And I think the under two thirty four and a half is good, but sack plus two and a half is just as good. So I'm going with both of them. Like I said, splitting the unit and, and the second leg of a back to back is everything here for, for the clips. Um, after they played last night, they with, like you said here, 136 defensive rating as they just sort of slept through the game and were able to score kind of at will at times because the, Blazers didn't really offer much resistance down low. Once they got into the mid-range, all they can really do is defend the three-point line. But um, they're playing at the third slowest pace right now, the, the Clips. And, you know, in the last 10 games, it's interesting. They actually have the third most fast break points. And I think the last 10 games are, are a really good benchmark, by the way, because that's when we've gotten a little bit more time for this Clippers team to mesh. And, and we can really start to see what they're going to turn into with this, this squad of guys. Um, and in the last 10, third most fast break points, you know, Russ has a lot to do with that. Um, Sack is 22nd in fast break points, but both of these teams are getting back on defense and limiting those transition points to the to, in, uh, top five, right? Both of them are in the top five there. Uh, the paint points there as well. It's why DeMontis has had a few games where he struggled, a few games that he's done fine. Uh, it's always like sort of a 50-50 matchup with him and Zoo. Uh, and the the, uh, the the clips are really, really good with Zubak down there, uh, limiting centers uh, and limiting teams to the third fewest paint, point, uh, paint points per game as well. So, like, there's a lot of stuff here that's just sort of nasty. It's gone over a number of times. Obviously, we, we all have that 350-whatever game stuck in our head as well when they went to overtime a, a year ago or so. Some of the numbers are bloated as a result of that for when these teams match up. But in this current, you know, game state with the the, the Kings on the road where they score uh, roughly eight fewer points per game. Uh, you got the Clips at home where they score also eight fewer points per game, um, but are, are putting up a bunch more as well, or giving up 
uh, a bit fewer as well, excuse me, at home, 114. So uh, I, I do think there's going to be something to be, I'm sorry, they're, they're giving up 103. They're scoring 111. So I think 234 is too much for sack on the road where they do play a bit slower. Uh, everybody except for Darren Fox is worse, to be honest with you, on the road. Uh, and he does a lot of the, the carrying and, and the bulk of the scoring there. So and I think he'll still be able to do that. But I still think 234 and a half uh, for the way that the Clips especially are going to want to play this game is, is too high. Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, the Kings are slight underdogs. You said minus two and a half. They, they're they the dogs here on I'm the road, plus, both yeah. teams on a back-to-back. Uh, I wouldn't try to pick a winner until I know more about this. I mean, it's so weird what the Clippers are doing that they, I don't think Kawhi or PG have missed a back-to-back this year after being, you know, like Mr. Glass the last few years. And then they go, have to go out and play 41 minutes last night. That's got to affect things in some ways. Like, I really wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi is scratched for this one or somebody is out and then you get more Harden, Westbrook. And uh, yeah, I mean, Harden has been like a walking under since he joined this team, just slowing it down, pounding out every possession. And then they hide him on defense because they have good defensive wings. So it's not like he's just giving up points the other way. I do like the under look, I think, more here than picking a side. Uh, because the Clippers, yeah, I was trying to find weaknesses in their defensive numbers, and they're good everywhere. And a lot of that is, is just scheme. It's a, it's a lot of good wings. Um, in, unless you face, like, a true back-down center who can dominate Zubach, like, I don't think Z- Sabonis is that. So other than De'Aaron Fox, yeah, I don't see this this getting into a very high-scoring game with the Kings on the road. So we str- stroll along here into Tuesday, and your first play a prop, Nate. De'Aaron Fox, uh, yeah, with the Kings and Clippers on a back-to-back here, I think part of the theory, I mean, for him to go over 36.5 points and assists is what I'm going to take here. Little, you know, the Clippers' defense is really good, so I and they make a lot of adjustments, so I like combining those two because, I mean, last time he had 40-3 and three against them. I could see it evening out more if Ty Lue decides to send more help at him uh, and force more assists, but... Yeah, the theory basically, I mean, we're on a back-to-back and other guys might seem like they're stuck in the mud versus De'Aaron Fox, who is maybe the fittest guy in the NBA uh, when it comes to just getting up and down the floor and not being affected by the fact that he's on zero days rest. Last season, he actually had his most assist per game in that situation, which is seven and a half, which supports the theory, also scored 26 points per game. His numbers are elevated this year, um, as you would expect he continues to break out in his last eight against not New Orleans. This is my favorite game log technique now. He has three horrible games against New Orleans, which can limit him, which has done a great job on this Kings team in general. Eight straight hit hit this total against not New Orleans. In fact, he's averaging 40 points and assists, 32 points, eight assists on, an, on a 35% usage. And his last four, four road games against not New Orleans – 35.8 points, 10.8 assists on that 35% usage. So clearing this by a lofty margin here and averages 33 and six in his last five against the clips. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi, if this was a few years ago, you would worry like they can put the clamps on Fox. They, they just do not have the step anymore to deal with him. Um, and I mean, while, while that Clippers defense is great in the last 15, they have allowed the six most points to point guards also 8.3 assists, and they allow three more points per game and a lot more free throws when they're on back-to-backs here. Got, posted a 135 defensive rating in their last back-to-back, and they just played their starters way too many minutes than they would like to 
to beat the Blazers last night. So I don't think they're going to have the legs to to keep Fox uh, from getting to his spots. I agree. Um, you could even uh, source those stats to your benefit a little bit more to add to your point and say in the last seven uh, days, the Clippers are allowing the third most points per game to point guards. And there's been a lot of Ole defense. You can hide hard and down low as much as you want, but uh, the, the top of the defense still is, is sort of lacking a like point guard defender, if you will, as good as they are defending big wings and, and stuff. Point guard is, is, is an area that they're vulnerable. And I'll just segue, as we know, you love a good segue, into uh, a little parlay from that game and just say Fox 25-plus points and Kawhi also 25-plus points. I, I think both are very likely, and they're still uh, likely to be an under in this game with the way that they're both coming on the back-to-back. If you want to make it 20 and 20 and like throw a few things in there, I think that's the safest play. But the 25 for these two these two guys is something that they, they just keep doing uh, in the last three especially, which is the closest iteration of, of the match that we're going to see. It's been in the last couple matchups, right, since these teams have, have been in this form of themselves. The, the Kings are allowing the fifth most points per game, two small forwards. And, like, look, Keegan Murray's great playing power forward. He's, he's defended some some really good players, honestly. He's been called upon to play against the some of the best wings on the other team. Still not much of a matchup for Kawhi, who has feasted against his team in his last four, averaging 33 basically a game, six and a half boards, and he's playing 38 minutes. A little bit skewed with the 46 he played in that overtime game, but still playing like like above 34 minutes per game per normal. Um, in the last two versus them, both in, in this calendar year, back to last February and then earlier this season, um, 39 a game, six and a half boards also, and, and the 41 and a half minutes. That also includes the OT game. But the usage is at 24 and a half percent for him in these in this matchup, uh, all the way, like I said, the last four especially. So uh, with, with him, like you mentioned in the best bets, it's possible that Kawhi doesn't play and that, that bet is void. Anything's possible with the Clippers, but they have tended to have their guys in on the second legs of back-to-back this year, which is very interesting. It hasn't always worked out for them, but I think this is a juicy matchup for Kawhi. So he, if he's in there, he's looking to score with a high usage. De'Aaron Fox, we talked about it. You just mentioned all of it. Uh, like I said, the the um, late Clippers, rather, are, are even worse than normal as of late in terms of defending point guards uh, and, and limiting their scoring, letting them get above 30 points per game on average at this point over the last week or two. So I think for D Fox, like he's going to keep that usage rate up because of the fact that that's the weakest point of this defense. Like we said, maybe he tries to get Sabonis involved uh, and Sabonis has had some pretty good outings, three of his last four, not really the last one earlier this season where Zubac definitely got way the better of him, but mostly concerned with, with Fox getting his. And I think the, the usage will be there for him to get the 25. Yeah, it seems good as long as Kawhi is active and ready to you know play at a high usage rate here after he played um you know significant minutes last night uh that would be my concern but i mean if he doesn't play then you don't lose anything your bets just scratched uh the the big concern is if you get one of those weird things that the clippers aren't doing anymore granted where he would literally just take a half off and just like screw you know anybody backing them because you just have no idea what what the minutes allocation or whatever that the training staff is saying about Kawhi's usage, but so far this season, it has been reliable. Um, uh, let's just, yeah, temper expectations, I guess, at times. At some point, it's going to come home uh, back to back to the norm here. So this is a scary one, I guess, because DeMar DeRozan just went off for 41-11 and 11 last night, but I will take under 31.5 points assists 
and you can split the unit. I think six and a half assists is still too high in this matchup, despite the fact he's had double digits assists in three of his last 10. And it's now averaging nearly 28 and eight in games without Zach Levine this season. But back-to-back against a really good road defense in the Nuggets, a defense that allows the fourth-fewest assists on the road and is sixth-best guarding the two-pointer on the road. The mid-range, of course, is where DeRozan needs to score. I mean, the the Nuggets are also on a back-to-back, but they have a 109 defensive rating in that situation this year. They've limited, they limited DeRozan when he was on a back-to-back, one of four this season to 18 points and, and – uh, or 17 points, excuse me. And he now averages 18 and five assists on four back-to-backs this year. So he had two days of rest before that Bucks game. Bulls, Bucks, they love they love to get after each other. Those division opponents score a bunch. But I think, yeah, DeRozan, you look at his career, a huge sample, averages three points per game fewer on back-to-backs. Part of that is he's a guy who wants to try to play 82, He, you know, and that does hurt you at some point when you're you're playing literally every game and you're going to try to play on back-to-back nights. You just don't have that same lift. Last year in specific, as he's getting older, 21 and a half on back-to-backs versus 25 and a half when he had normal rest. We talked about it all the time, trying to target him last, last year with the overs. I'll take an under here. And, I mean, he does actually average 4.2 assists at home versus six and a half on the road for whatever that's worth. Bulls are not really a high-scoring team that, that's going to ha- produce a lot of stats here at home. And the Nuggets, their offense is not the same on the road. So fewer stats to go around, and I'll take the under on DeRozan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I I really like this bet. This actually might be my favorite one that 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 either of us are bringing, although I really like this one as well. But the that's the one I would feel most sure of with with this situation the the nuggets whatever you want to say about the way that they are playing offense and it definitely clicked against an awful hawks defense uh the defense is still like there uh and and should continue to be there in this one as well so uh let me close things out with one more over um but it's it's a hypothetical over you just need it to we need to know if katie's out like there's just he's too big of an impact in this Suns and Warriors game for me to know to feel comfortable picking anything in terms of a prop from that game without him. So if KD is out, I'm taking Booker over 35 and a half points and assists. And this is coming off me taking Booker under 41 and a half points and assists. So you can see, I really like the fact that it's dropped six points uh, or six total stats there in the combo bet for us. So um, in the three games without KD this season, 32 points a game, uh, seven and a half assists per game. And the points might go up if KD is officially ruled out. So I understand like taking this bet now, if you want to, and then seeing what happens with KD, because it's going to go up. If, if KD is officially ruled out, you'll probably see books points go up to about 32 and a half, right? Instead of the, the 29 and a half or so, even though Beal is there. Um, and so with, with those two guys alongside Booker, I like assists way more than, than adding the points in there. Um, and like I said, if KD is ruled out officially, things go up. So you got to play it accordingly. I guess I'll just say I'm sprinkling a half a unit on it now to see what happens um, and, and going for move forward with it. But in the, in the three games that I'm this year, we're going at talking about 39 points and assists. The usage does jump up as well. Um, and since KD joined the squad uh, in, in the t- uh, games without him, we're talking about 32 a game. Uh, I'm sorry, 29 a game and seven assists. Uh, so the scoring does go down a bit because he also needs to facilitate, but he still gets above the, the 36 overall in, in uh, roughly 17 games that he's played since KD came, but has missed. 
Um, and, and with KD, he's actually at 32 a game and five uh, uh, assists uh, as well when KD's not in the lineup. So, like, there, there's a lot to like here. Uh, I would trust it, but, like, Beal just – I don't know what he's going to do to everything as well. This would be the exact the, – the first time that any of these guys – that these three guys have played at the same time this year for Phoenix. So we have to see what that means. I would expect Beal to be somewhat of the third banana still, right? Like, even if KD does play, I still think that there's something to the fact that Book is at 37 points and assists a game with Kevin Durant uh, in the lineup when they both play together. So, you know, I, I don't think Beal necessarily messes that up too much, uh, to be honest with you. If anything, there's just even more assists available with another good shooter on the floor for uh, Booker when he gets into the lane and, and kicks. So, yeah, I think either way for Book, like it's, it's worth it to hit it now and we see where we go from there. Yeah, I think I'm fine with it, even if Durant plays, I guess. Uh, Durant and Beal, and you have all three of these guys out there. Then you probably want an over in this game. Then you might actually want to go Steph Curry overs or, or Clay Thompson overs because we might just have a really exciting uh, 120s game if you get the big three out here. Durant probably is going to sit, though, I think. I mean, he missed practice yesterday. This is the way the Suns have been playing it, right? They're like, well, if we got two of our three guys – we can give you some rest. We can play the long haul here. And Duran has been carrying such a large load early in the season that I think with Beal back in there, he might he might sit this one out. I mean, he's not 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 to say ducked, but he's missed a lot of Warriors games um, <laughs> since he left there. Um, so I I don't know how to forecast that, but I think Book is reliable to score. Uh, I think you can bet his points now before you know Durant's status because I don't think KD necessarily needs to go out there and gun. Uh, but Book loves playing this Warriors team, as as you outlined, and I think he'll he'll be scoring around thirty. Yeah, yeah, the usage will be there. The ball's in his hands every possession. I, I didn't like it in a game against the Kings where I also liked an under because it was Kings on the road and um, like there was no Beal in there either for Book. So it was like, who's he assisting to again? Jonathan Goodwin. Like it was not a good matchup. You also have Grayson Allen out in this one, so that uh, should impact him negatively or positively because Beal's back in there. So that should help him out a lot, obviously. But either way, that's all the time we have for the play of props. Looking to go up another couple units on Tuesday night here with you guys. Make sure to subscribe to that page and check out the best bets that we also have up for you and are bringing you each and every weekday along with these play of props. Until we see you next. Happy betting. <laughs>